0: Welcome to the Topeka First podcast. We are one church with several locations. Our mission is to reach our community with the message of Jesus. If you would like to give to support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please visit topekafirst.com/giving. Enjoy the podcast. Well, hello if you want to hear it for the third time this morning, happy Mother's Day. Thank you so much to my mom to my mother-in-law, and to my third favorite mom, Jenna Tuck. Thank you to all the moms for all that you do. We seriously, we just can't say it enough this morning, and I hope you feel that it is genuine and real. Families would be lost without their moms, they would. So moms, thank you for all the ways that you love and care for your kids, no matter how old they are, no matter how they came into your life. Maybe they're just a friend of, of one of your children, or they're some random child who you've kind of, you've come alongside them through church, or through school, or through something else. Thank you so much for the ways that you take care of others, for the sacrifices you make, and for showing your children what it looks like to follow Jesus with everything that you have. As you can tell from the video, we have a lot of great moms. Those are just a few kids in our congregation and some of us adults who wanted to give shout outs to our moms too, so thank you moms. We love you, happy Mother's Day. Now, let's get to this. Um, I'm laughing because I'm very concerned about this. I, this is not anything I ever thought I would do in my life. You know, We have a cute video at my parents' house from when I was four and I had gotten a kitchen set and I had my own cooking show and my mom would graciously spend hours recording me on our old, old school camcorder doing my little cooking show. And uh, the sad thing is, is that pretty much after the age of four, I never wanted to cook and I never really learned how to cook. Cooking is not something that I'm good at, but my favorite breakfast food is waffles. We're gonna talk about waffles this morning. How many of you, let us know in the comments, maybe you made some waffles for your mom. Maybe you just made waffles for yourself this morning. Let us know what your favorite toppings are. For me, my perfect waffle has some cut-up strawberries, a few bananas, a ton of syrup, and some whipped cream. It's basically doused in sugar. And I don't know if I like waffles so much, because the BuzzFeed quiz I took this week told me I am 50% Leslie Nope or if it's just because waffles are good, they're good and they're sugary, and they're decently easy to make. We'll see how this goes this morning. I already had a little fiasco, but I've been learning actually how to cook during quarantine. My mom is so thrilled. She's so happy. She's been answering all my texts and my calls. I am no pro, but I'm learning. And so this morning we're gonna make some waffles. And here's why, here's why. This morning we're looking at the last four Beatitudes, the last part, In Matthew chapter 5, we've been spending the past few weeks talking through a couple at a time, and this week I have four. I have the last four verses. I feel like that's very unfair, but we're going to go through the last four this morning. But the one that I struggle with the most is verse 9. Verse 9 is always the most difficult one for me, and maybe it is for you as well. Verse 9 says this, Jesus says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God blessed are the peacemakers. You know, and I think when we look at peace and we talk about peace, we have all these misconceptions about what peace really looks like and what peace really is. You know, sometimes we think that peace means that we stay out of it, that we stay silent, that we don't do anything. But peacemaking, that process, sometimes means maybe all of the time means that we have to get a little bit messy so i have a picture that's going to be on the screen for you this morning this picture i got here this is a brand new waffle maker and i i knew i needed to test it out it's weird you pour the batter in the top and then it opens up and ta-da! there's your waffle well i got here and i i just started filling it with batter and i just filled it until it looked like it was full Well, turns out uh, I probably put a little bit too much as you can tell by the photo and thankfully the whole worship team was here to witness this, it was great, it was smoking, there was batter going all over the carpet, it was a true mess, it was a true mess. And this sometimes is honestly what peace looks like. Sometimes peace is a little bit messy but in the end, I don't have a picture of it, but there was a good waffle on the inside. It actually turned out, even though on the outside it was a total disaster. What are we willing to do in our lives, even when it's messy, so that we can do the work on the inside that we need to in order to have and to cultivate peace in our personal lives, in the lives of those around us, and in our world? And the awesome thing, honestly, about waffles is that it's really easy. The batter is super easy to make. You pour it in and it's done. And it's the same when we come to peace. God gives us the instructions and the directions that we need in order to find and make peace in our lives. So I wanna look at three different ways that we can try to make peace in different situations. And we have to understand that everyone is different and every situation is different. And we must depend so heavily on the Holy Spirit to help us to figure out the best ways to make peace. So here's one way that sometimes we might make peace. We might make peace through mediation, by mediating. Mediating means to intervene in a dispute in order to bring about agreement or reconciliation, in order to bring about peace. Moms, does this sound familiar to you? You hear your children screaming at each other in another room, what do you do? You sit them down. All right, tell me what happened. Tell me what happened. And hopefully if you're a fair mom, you let each kid explain. My mom was always a fair mom. And then the Holy Spirit somehow always helps you to know which kid is lying. Isn't that the truth about moms? They always know when you're lying, and it has to be God. But mediation is when we sit down. It's not always this, like, boardroom-type setting and there's fancy documents. It's the process of sitting down, trying to work things out. Maybe mediation it does, it's, it's within your children, it's, it's with your spouse, it's with some friends. You've got to sit down and work through a struggle or a disagreement. And you sit down in a coffee shop. Maybe you sit down at your dinner table. Mediation might look like going to counseling. Maybe you go to counseling with your spouse and you allow a counselor to help mediate different situations in your life. This can look like a bunch of different things. Mediation is so important because sometimes we need to be the one to intervene. Moms, you know if you wait too long to intervene, there's gonna be bloodshed. We need people sometimes to step in and to say, okay, enough, enough. And other times we need to humble ourselves and allow someone to mediate in our lives too, to sit down and to tell us the hard truth and to help us work through different things. The second way that we can make peace, so we're gonna mediate and then we advocate. And to advocate is to publicly, recommend or support something this is very broad isn't that great it's to publicly recommend or support something and i want to encourage you to think about advocating as more than just like on your social media i think for many of us we're really great at social media advocating behind a screen we post and we share all the things that we are in favor of or all the things that we're against and it's easy to have those conversations online it's a lot harder in person to maybe call out things that are wrong in our world, things that are wrong around us, things that are unjust. like we've been talking about these past couple weeks. Being an advocate is something that God calls us all to be. It's something he calls us all to be. You cannot be a Christian and be silent in the face of injustice. You cannot be a Christian and stand for nothing. You know, Pastor Josh, he talked a few weeks ago about the two different kinds of justice that God talks about in the Bible. One is mishpah, and mishpah is what, I love it, he called it Batman-type justice. It's something wrong has happened, and we need to step in and correct it. We need to step in and bring justice to that situation. And then there's sadaka, which is the easier way. And sadaka type justice is where we live our lives right. We live righteously. That's what righteousness means. We've been talking about this with the REACH students. Righteousness is not like this big fancy concept that none of us can grasp. It's living out what God tells us to do. It's living right. And when we live right, we do our best and we treat people around us well. We don't have to have mishpah justice because everyone is taken care of. And you know, I think. I couldn't help but to mention it this week, and I'm sure you've seen it on the news, I'm sure you've seen it on social media, but the case of the young man in Georgia, Ahmad Arbery, who was murdered while he was out on a run by two hateful people. That's injustice. It's injustice. And it's easy for us in this moment To maybe remain silent because we don't think our voice matters. We don't think it matters if we talk about it too because everyone else is. Or it's easy to only care about it in this moment and to not do anything in our lives and really allow our lives to be affected by these moments. But it's our job to bring peace to our world. It's our job to call for justice when justice needs to be called for. This young man was killed two months ago, and just this week, the people who were caught on video killing him were arrested. And it was because people called for it. It's because people stood up and said, that's enough. And you know, there's nothing that we can do to bring Ahmad back. There's nothing we can do this Mother's Day to make his mom feel better. But we can take action in this moment, and every moment after this, to confront racism, to confront injustice, to confront corruption, to have the courage enough to stand up for God's standard, that every person has value, and that's it, period. You know, a lot of times I hear people say, well, we're a nation under God. If we're a nation under God, we've gotta make some big changes. We have to start really hungering and thirsting for righteousness, hungering and thirsting for God's way and to make peace. And it's bigger than just this moment. It's bigger than just when these tragedies happen. These kinds of things, unfortunately, they happen every single day. They happen every single day. They just don't always make national news. And the question is, will we have the courage to confront it where we can? On our social media, in our family, in our friend group, in our workplace, in the Xbox live chats that you're in while you're playing games, will you confront what is not right? Will you work to make peace when it's hard? You know, something I'm really proud of with our teenagers, we work really hard to try to train them all to stand up for what's right. And we don't always do it perfectly, you know, but we do our best to teach them that they have a voice and that it matters and that they must speak out and to call out their own peers when they see things being said or being done. And uh, I can probably count on one hand The amount of times I've had to sit a student down because of something inappropriate that they've said or done, whether it was racist, sexist, just like generally inappropriate. And I can probably count on three hands the amount of times I've seen some of our students call that behavior out themselves. And it's really simple. Something said, whether it's in a small group setting or there's just a couple of us around and they'll look at their peer and they'll say, man, that's not okay, you can't say that. And guess what? The conversation usually stops there. And that person usually doesn't continue to say those things because they know there's no room for it. And this is not like the end-all be-all solution to all these giant issues. But it does start in these moments where we're willing to say, that's not okay. Where we're willing to try to make peace and get a little messy in the process. What happens when we have the courage to stand up to what's wrong is that change really can happen. And there's room for God to work and move in other people's lives. We cannot change everyone. We can't. But when we're willing to stand up for righteousness, then God can do his work in other people's lives. But we have to do our part to show them who God is and to show them what he looks like and what it looks like to follow him and to value everyone around us. We must begin by making change in our lives. And by taking advantage of every moment where we have the privilege to speak into someone else's, that kind of change and that kind of peace, it doesn't come on accident. It comes because we advocated for it. We advocated for it. Do not remain silent, do not stand for nothing, advocate for something like you would advocate for your own child. And then the third way we make peace is we wait. We're gonna really see how this goes here, huh? We wait, and waiting doesn't mean that we do nothing. It doesn't. Waiting is not a synonym for avoidance. Waiting means that we have patience, that we allow the Holy Spirit to tell us what to say and when to say it. You know, Josh and I, in our marriage and in our relationship, Early on, also today is our 12 year dating anniversary. Happy dating anniversary, Josh. Uh, early on in our relationship, we made this deal with each other. And it was that we would never let the sun go down on our anger. If we were having a fight, we would stay up and work it out, even if it meant we would stay up until 2 a.m. We would not go to bed angry. We would not hang up the phone angry. We would always work to resolve it and to make peace. Oh, this is really scaring me here. <laughs> Sometimes waiting, it means we take the time to weigh our words, to do some research, to figure out how we personally feel about the situation so that we can maybe work through our emotions before we come in fully charged, ready to fight. Patience is such an important fruit of the Spirit that we must apply to this peacemaking process. You know, and how we each handle conflict is so different. It's so different. Some of us we're ready to just get it over with, others of us we maybe need some time, we need some space, and we have to have that grace to know what we need and what the people around us need, but to not wait too long and to not avoid it. Peacemaking is not always fun. It's not. It's heavy. It's messy. It's difficult. It is definitely not as fun as making waffles. But it is a necessary part of our lives, and it's a necessary part of following Jesus. And in the end, hopefully it tastes as good as this waffle will. In the end. But we've got to be willing to go through the process to get to that end result. Just like a waffle maker is useless without correctly made batter. I've made that mistake too. Didn't put oil in it. We are useless without the word of God. We're useless without it. Sometimes we, we try to navigate all these situations on our own, and we go, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. But God has given us everything that we need to know what to do and what to say, if we'll just read it. If we'll just read it. This morning, if I would have read the box that this came in, I would have seen it came with a measuring cup. And that measuring cup gave me the right amount of batter that I needed to not overflow the waffle maker. We've got to read the instructions and read the directions. We are useless without the word of God when it comes to peacemaking. Just like this waffle maker is useless without being plugged into power, we are useless without God's strength. His strength is what helps us to navigate difficult conversations and difficult decisions. Just like our waffle maker is useless without this fun little light on the side that tells you when it's ready, We are useless without the Holy Spirit in our lives to give us the wisdom to know what to say and when to say it in each situation. To make peace, we have to use every tool that God has given us. And we pray that the end result is something good. We pray that we've done our best. We will not always get it right. We will not always get it perfect. But when we do our best with what God has given us and to follow his instructions, we can really make peace in our world, and hopefully make a pretty good waffle. Hey, not too bad. Not too bad. It's missing a portion, but it is not burnt. Mom, are you proud of me? Please let me know in the comments. I need the validation today. (laughs) Finally, we have to know that all of this will be hard it will be hard following all the things that Jesus lines out throughout this entire portion of scripture, it will be difficult. Here's what the last three verses tell us. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, Because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Wow, doesn't that just make you want to live righteously? People are going to hate you. People are going to insult you. It's going to be the worst. But that's not the case. It's not the case. Though it's a difficult process, the end result of being who God wants us to be is what allows us to really be blessed. And it doesn't always feel like a blessing when people insult you or when you have to have a tough conversation with someone. It does not always feel like a blessing to be merciful. It doesn't. And I think the key parts that we have to look at in these last four verses are these phrases, because of righteousness and because of me, and obviously me meaning Jesus. Look, Can we have just, this is me, I want to be honest with you this morning, if I haven't already, here we go, have some grace and mercy for what I'm about to say to you. Are you ready? There's a lot of people who don't like you, and it's not because of Jesus, it's because you're mean. It's because you're mean. It's because you say whatever you want, and you don't think about anyone else, and you say that it's in the name of Jesus, but that is not what being persecuted in the name of Jesus looks like. Amen. People most often probably aren't hating on you because you're a Christian. They're hating on you because you're a jerk, because you are the furthest thing from Jesus possible. And I hope that this morning, maybe you can receive that in love. I was very afraid to say that to you this morning. Can I be honest? We have to be more careful and more intentional, more merciful. I'm sure you don't feel like I'm very merciful right now, but more merciful about the things especially that we put online and that we put out there so thoughtlessly, so thoughtlessly. We have to live out all of the principles of this section, all of them, to be pure of heart, to be merciful, to hunger and thirst for righteousness and justice, God's way, not our own, not what we think righteousness and justice looks like, God's way above everything else, and to balance it all out with our effort to make peace with our effort, to make a good waffle with our life. We must be careful to really study the scriptures, to know what they actually say. What do they actually say? This is how we know how to treat people. This is how we know what to post online. This is how we know how to respond to different situations that we see in our world. Living mercifully and righteously is costly. It is difficult. It will often require more courage and more guts than you feel like you have. And it will sometimes mean that people don't like you. It will sometimes mean that people will walk away from you. But let's be careful that those people don't like us really for the right reasons. Let's work hard so that that's not the case as often as possible because we're merciful and we're seeking to make peace. Not because we were hateful, prideful, or we lacked wisdom. Because of our need to be right. Man, if that's the thing all of us could lay down, our need to be right. When we lay down our need to be right at the foot of the cross, that's how we really seek and hunger and thirst for righteousness. And when we live our lives right, We can be at peace knowing that we did everything that God asked us to do, everything. We can be at peace knowing that even if our waffles don't turn out perfectly, (laughs) we can confidently say we did our best to follow the recipe. And when we do, we can really rejoice and be glad as verse 12 says, because we know that the kingdom of heaven is ours. And hopefully the kingdom of heaven will be bigger because of our life and the people who we brought along because of how well we lived and followed the recipe. And that's what being blessed really looks like. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you for your word that convicts us. I thank you for your word that convicts me even this morning. Lord, that we would be advocates for peace, that we would mediate where we can and that we would wait for your word to say go. That we would always follow what you're asking us to do even when it's hard and that it would be our goal to create peace, not chaos. It would be our goal to be more like you in every area of our lives, in everything that we say, in everything that we do. God, that our desire would be to be obedient, not to be blessed, to be obedient, because God, we know that out of true obedience, out of true sacrifice, we are blessed. Lord, we thank you and we love you. We wanna sing your praises a little longer this morning. Would you speak to us? Would you show us the areas where we need to make peace? Maybe it's with a family member, maybe it's with a friend, Maybe, God, this morning you've been stirring in our hearts what you've already been stirring for a while, that we have some things that we need to be advocating for better. God, thank you that you are with us in all of it, that you don't leave us to figure it out by ourselves. You help us. You give us the recipe. You are our power. You are the light that we need. Would we depend on you to help us every day from here on out?